0: ZSU Stanford 9.1 FM I am Mark Bono this is the Henry George program a show all about housing bureaucracy and public engagement today the program we're talking to Josh Albrechtson part of a series talking about our top-down housing planning system brought to you by HCD and others In this we're talking about the housing element system we're talking about the ways cities are avoiding uh, their obligations and the contractorization of the housing elements to corrupt companies like PlaceWorks, who is uh, behind some awful, suspicious business. But we'll get into all of that uh, for the moment. Yeah, well, let's uh, just get into things. So, uh, welcome, Josh. Uh, thank you so much for being on here.
1: Oh, thanks for having
0: me. Yeah, so we are talking about this is you know part of a series really about the weird kind of top down you know state planning we have here in California. We've talked about you know kind of how arena is you know divvied up uh, within us, you know within a region and the other region's overall targets. Uh, here we are here with uh, Josh from South Pasadena talking about housing elements and how they're made legitimate. Uh, but before we get into the details, I want you to introduce yourself uh, and talk about you know why you are <laughs> why you are on Twitter talking about this extremely uh, dry and weird stuff so often.
1: <laughs> so um, my name is Joshua Brexton. Um I live here in South Pasadena. I'm um, actually a doctor. I'm a radiologist. We are the people who read CAT scans. And um, I happen to work at night. And one of the things that I do to help pass the time is I put on boring city council meetings and planning meetings in the background. I've been involved in housing politics a long time. And um, this RHNA process provided me with so much boring background stuff I could listen to while working. So that's really how I got so far down this RHNA process specifically and um, why I keep tweeting stuff because I happen to find stuff in these meetings and other places that um, don't get publicized. And because I've had so much time listening to these meetings, I tend to know the subject quite well.
0: That's yeah i mean i can I can definitely sympathize with that uh k z s u Stanford we have been airing uh the City council meeting since the seventies, and just listening to that because it's just always around is what radicalized me uh how well, how how did you first how did you first happen upon that as a thing to listen to? <laughs>
1: Um, You know, I mean, I listen to Chargers podcasts, I listen to daily podcasts, but still, I work eight to nine hours to 10 hours a night, and I run out of things to listen to. So, you know, I mean, I, I'm very interested in housing. I've been involved in the YIMBY world for going on almost seven years now. So, you know, it's just a natural thing that, oh, we have the RHA process. This is going to be fascinating to watch all these cities be forced to do it. So I would watch every SCAG meeting. I watched every SCAG appeals meeting. And, you know, it just gave me so much stuff to listen for NIMBY tears that, you know, it was very exciting in a boring, dull kind of way. Um, so that's, you know, that's how I got started on the planning commissions and city council meetings. I just searched for cities that I hated and I listen to their planning commission meetings.
0: Yeah, if you want content, you won't lack for it. You know, they just pump yeah. it out, you know. It's 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 more than you can ever dream of. So that's 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 great. So yeah, okay. So we're talking Rena. Uh, I think once you I'll, I'll let you just kind of jump in. If you're giving someone the, you know, minute pitch on what is Rena? What what is the housing cycle and what is a housing element? Uh, give
1: the How do I explain yeah. region to my mother, is it, basically what you're asking. Exactly. So, um, basically, the state tells each city every eight year, er, e- the state tells a region every eight years, hey, you need to plan for 1.3 million homes. That means that your zoning has to realistically allow that 1.3 million homes will be built in eight years. The SCAG region divided up to the city so that each city has their own RENA number. South Passing is 2067. That the laws are put in place so that housing element so that South Pasadena has to produce a housing element document that proves that they have the capacity to realistically build 267 units, some of which are low, some of them which some of which are low income, some which are moderate, some are some are uh, market rate. Every eight years, South Pasadena has to produce this document proving that they have the zoning capacity to to realistically build 267 units. And if they do not have that capacity, they are by law supposed to change their zoning so that they could have that capacity. And this is something that HCD is supposed to check every eight years.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think you look at it, it's an eight-year cycle. This is the sixth cycle. I, I think that might have, like, maybe the the, the length of it had much changed over the years, but more or less, it's been gone for many decades. But really, until recently, it's been kind of this perfunctory, oh, grade yourself, see how you're doing. But now they have been adding more and more, you know, teeth to it to make it an actual thing. They've had the, you know, Housing Accountability Act, which has been around for a while, but they've added a lot more to it. There's now... Uh, effectively, penalties if you don't actually fulfill your quota, and you know, as you say, the you know, one of the big things is you have to, out of the gate, at least have the capability to fulfill it, and this becomes effectively more realistic every single time. You know, and I think in the past people have created a kind of you know Mickey Mouse housing element that clearly would never happen. And, you know, there's been bills that have gone through, uh, I think, AB 1398, AB 1397 back in 2017, which, you know, should have plugged this up. And I think the question is, are we seeing it? And down in Southern California, which is basically leading on it, I think, you know, it's San Diego is one of the first, and now, uh, you know, it's moving up through the LA region. Uh, but it's, it's a bit, it's a bit, Uh, surprising and disappointing to see what's going on uh, with how the housing elements are going.
1: Like in the fourth, fifth, third cycle, like things that cities would do to avoid this is they would like take a block of single family homes, 20 single family homes and say, yes, this is where we're going to put 100 low income housing units. Now, in order for that to happen, all 20 single family homes would have to sell to the same developer and the developer would have to uh, build the homes. The chances of 20 people selling to the same person is almost zero or they would take their one grocery store in the city and say yes this grocery store is where we will build housing but Ralphs isn't going to sell it it's the only grocery store for for 10,000 people and so that's how they got away with it before and AB 1397 was specifically written to be sure this kind of thing doesn't happen again yeah um,
0: and 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 it does it by basically looking at what it Purports to be realistic probabilities of de- development, right?
1: Yeah. Not only that, like it, by law, what was written down is that in order for a site to be a possible low-income site, like basically the only low-income sites that that pencil out financially, you need about fifty units. So they have laws saying that okay, you have to have a minimum density of thirty. 30 units per acre. But they also said that the site size has to be at least 0.5 acres. So that means that, you know, okay, it's big enough so that low-income housing sites could be done. And they also put a law in there saying that you have to prove that the existing use will be discontinued within eight years so that you can't just say, oh, um, this Ralph's will be a low-income size. Like, okay, you know, that Ralph's just went to renovation. That is technically illegal by 1397. So those are some of the things that they tried to do.
0: Yeah, and I think we'll get into it more about like, okay, you have to at least show it is likely or kind of quantify it. But like, you know, what does that look like? Because you have to, you know, you have, you have evidence, you have to, you know, kind of draw draw a line. But we'll, we'll get more into that uh, in a bit. Okay. But I, I think I just introduced like, you know, you have been digging into the South Pasadena, you know, housing element. Uh, and basically, it has been being executed by PlaceWorks. But before we get to PlaceWorks, uh, talk about you know South Pasadena. Why you know why, why, why does this exist? Uh, what what is what what makes it? Uh, what, what is its identity within all the other you know non LA cities in LA?
1: So South Pasadena is a, a very special place. Um, we are about ten miles outside of downtown LA. And we we are our own city. Like most of Los Angeles is Los Angeles city. There's a couple of cities that are not the, the cities. South Pasadena is a, a racist city. It has a racist history. Um, non-white people were not allowed to own property here until 1965, so we put covenants on every single building out here. Um, there, we uh, had a swimming pool here and we uh, kicked out a family. And they asked because it's swimming here for South Pasadena residents only and they kicked out a family and asked, why'd you kick this family out? Well, we know they don't live in South Pasadena, you know, we have no black people here. And then um what, what year what year was in that lawsuit? Oh probably late sixties. Okay. Um they ended up demolishing the the pool on that reason. Um so you know, I mean, we have a we have a pretty bad history of that. In the '80s, we banned all um, all we banned like all big apartments. And part of the reason we stated is that um, in the LA Times article from 1983 was that there's an influx of Asian people moving into the area. It's like clearly written in the LA Times article. Yeah. So that South Pasadena has great access to Pasadena and downtown LA. Great jobs, easy drive, 14 minutes on the train to get to downtown LA. But we are like a bedroom community. We don't want new apartments here. We don't want businesses here. We want to just enjoy the ability of the access that being close to Los Angeles gives us. But we don't want all the problems. So if you look at the demographics south and west of us, it's like sixty percent Latino. South Pasadena is fifteen percent, one five percent Latino. So you know that that is basically what South Pasadena is. My wife grew up in Highland Park, which is one city over. Um, there's a train station here. So that is why we moved to South Pasadena to sure. be next to her parents for the free babysitting and um, for the amazing school districts that are here because we excluded everybody who is possibly poor from living here over the years. So that is South Pasadena.
0: Yeah, so I guess the question is how do we how how are we dealing with this legacy? And you know,, uh, you know, clearly South Pasadena is being allowed to exist, but you know, at the very least, we are trying to make sure they build something in order to kind of narrow their exclusionary uh, gap between, you know other places. and effectively, you know, we're hoping, uh, I suppose, to, uh, you know, make it not so exclusive going ahead. But uh, as you said, uh, the next eight years, overall, the target is two thousand overall units. So I imagine that's not going to exactly make it uh, affordable.
1: Um, yeah. So I mean, this two thousand units is twenty percent of our total units. So um, you know, it, it would um, it would help. It would make sure that other places don't gentrify if we actually build that um, that stuff. Well, so, you I mean, are pa- tiny, tiny place. Twenty four thousand people, uh, yeah. ten thousand housing units. Um, we have a train station um but we have a two story height limit next to the train station and there's only been two projects within a mile of the train station built in the last 20 years um so i mean i got involved in part because i you know i've been involved in housing twitter and housing politics for a long time and um i was looking forward to this And, you know, I'm like, I had these meetings circled. I'm like, I didn't think I was going to be as involved as I was because I thought, okay, you know, I I read Chris Elm, I don't know, the UC Davis. Yes. I read his tweets. I'm like, this is going to be awesome. I can't wait. And so I had a basic understanding of the laws. I didn't know them as in depth as I did. The first meeting um, South Pasadena has Placeworks uh, uh, starts going through presentation. I'm like, oh, okay, can't wait, can't wait, can't wait. Did
0: you know what Placeworks was at that point? Or was this your introduction? No. Yeah. I'm
1: I'm like, okay, I knew who they were. I knew that they were a planning company because they're doing our general plan and our downtown specific plan. And, um, you know, I knew that those were about to be blown up by the RHA, but, you know, I mean, I told the city manager, hey, you're going to have to, you know, blow these up. Why are we doing these? Before RHA, no one listened to me, you know. And then of the twenty sixty seven units, they proposed one thousand ADUs, and I'm like, oh my god! I like my jaw hit the floor because I knew this was blatantly illegal. We have four thousand eight hundred single family homes, and this is like that number, like really caused me to start going down the rabbit hole of the housing element process, because I'm like, okay, this is illegal. South Pasadena uh, was one of the first cities to actually get started on their housing element process. So there was no other place that I could look to and say, Hey, how are they doing this? Like we were ahead of San Diego when we started. So i um, like, I wrote an entire essay about um, here, here's the memo from HCD. This is what you're allowed to do by ADUs. You're claiming something that is 12 times as much as Los Angeles producing, 25 times as much as uh, Pasadena. And so um, PlaceWorks lied at those meetings. When I, when I did a like two-page detailed essay citing the laws, Paceworks lied and said, oh, yeah, we talked to HCD. They said this was totally okay. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Look at Eureka. So I'm like, okay, I looked at Eureka. Eureka, I didn't know existed until they mentioned it. It's a town about three hours north of San Francisco on the beach.
0: Yeah, county county seat of you know some county that not a whole lot of people live in.
1: Eureka was the first housing element I ever read. And it was amazing how complete BS it was. It says, oh, we have 3,000 single-family homes about one, uh, one third of them are going to split into two lots and, um, you know, another third will end up being, um, subdivided and their entire housing element was like, not about actually making, uh, new housing, but it was just like this completely unrealistic thing of, oh, every single person is going to change their home into a duplex. I'm like, how did this get approved? and that that's what got me started over time.
0: <laughs> yeah, a lot to unpack there. I think you know, mean the first thing would be, you know, it's like this is a trend throughout California is the contractorization of all this kind of city work, which yeah. is, you know, it's kind of perverse that like we allow these little cities to exist and like why do they exist? Uh but like one thing is like okay, uh you know, at least they kind of take care of what they, you know, need to handle, but like we are seeing all these cities can't staff a planning department like it's too like they like they always say oh we can't people can't afford to live here (laughs) so okay so they you know we're seeing more and more they delegate it out and you know place works you know they keep you legal for less uh it's they they're they're out there to do the work for you they'll deliver a housing element and i suppose that's a question like what is a housing element uh I, i think you know off the bat, it's about 300 pages. But, you know, uh, what would you describe what goes into a housing element?
1: Um So housing element, um, there's about 100 pages of useless stuff. I mean, it's useful in some ways, but it's not like really to the main point of a housing element. Like, this is the demographics. This is the age of our homes. This is how many seniors we have. This is um, our... Um, this is how many... That's about Just 20... A background and data. Yeah. 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 And then you get to the actual... Meat of the work. It's like, okay, these are our our RHA targets. This is the land that we have to make these RHA targets. These are the programs we are implementing to um, to get more housing. So it's basically, you know, these are the programs. This is the land. This is what we think the land is worth. That's the main meat of what a housing element is. There's a whole bunch of other stuff, but those are like the three main things of what a housing element is. You also have to in- analyze, okay, what's the government's constraints we have? You know, but a lot of that stuff just doesn't matter. That does, but yeah. not that other stuff.
0: And I suppose, yeah, so it's the overall kind of, you know, how it's housing the targets, but then like a housing inventory is yes. actually included in part of it. And that's like, yeah, it's a major thing because that's what people are, presumably going to be looking at as they, as they actually create stuff. Uh, but yeah, place works, you know, they, they create, like they create this and it goes to HCD and HCD has to either say yes or no. So yeah, just talk about like, what's the, what's the time frame on South Pasadena? When, when did this kick off and exactly where is it in the process right now? So it
1: kicked off uh, last August, last July. And, um, as it stands right now, uh, South Pasadena, uh, spent about six months, uh, telling me I was lying the entire time and not changing anything. It wasn't until I got the director of HCD to say this is not accurate that they actually changed their mind. Um, they, South Pasadena turned in a administrative draft for informal review to HCD in May. And then um, just 20 days ago, they finished their draft housing element and turned that in. The legal requirement for when they were supposed to have everything done was october 15th there is a no penalty until february 11th the Mm. draft housing element hcd takes 60 days to review and then um south pasadena will turn in a final housing element and then hcd takes 90 days to review so as it stands right now, South Pasadena is planning on turning in a final housing element in January and February, and come May, we will get the final HCD letter that says whether our housing element is good or not.
0: Yeah, that was that was like one of the loopholes they closed in the past, which was if you just don't do it or you don't have a compliant one, they would have a nice other three years for you to finish it. Yeah. Uh, and, and like, okay, just if you didn't do it, you get like an extension of half the term, uh, and I, I think, yeah, they've, they've lowered that. You must rezone within a year. I'm not sure if there's other provisions, but like, okay, so at least they're kind of like closing those kind of things. But yeah, more or less, um, you know, it's, so you, you, you think you'll get an answer from HCD on whether they give you a thumbs up or
1: thumbs down when? So let, let me come back to that question. So uh, the penalties was, uh, you know, you have to do all of your rezoning by October 15th. And if you don't have a compliant housing element by October 15th, that's the first day HCD could turn you into the attorney general to sue. Um, So that's one of the other penalties. Um, I think the final letter from HCD will come in May of 2022.
0: Okay. And and I suppose if you, in one other penalty is if you are noncompliant, the housing accountability act will say like, as long as you have 20% you know, uh, below market rate, subsidized units, or whatever. You basically, it's like a, it's a, like, you get a lot of like leeway. Like people can just kind of go to town or something. I, I'm not exactly sure what what exactly is just making sure you can't do the craziest things on earth. So
1: I've I've read that um, the housing element, uh, the HAA says that if you do not have a compliant housing element, any building that is 20 percent low income or 100 percent moderate income. The zoning laws do not apply. So I could literally build a 10 story, 100 percent moderate or 20 percent low income housing uh, on my single family home property in South Pasadena today. Now, the problem is the seek from this is the biggest problem you don't have the core protections that you would have had otherwise okay now i don't know the difference between that that that's something i'm not as blurry on but that is the biggest downside and as a developer you will also piss off uh, a city to no end if you actually did do that and you know other places might not want to work with you but that is what the law says
0: Yes, yeah, so I guess that's the question. Like, if a city was really in that penalty zone, would a million developers all at once just start like, okay, we're, we're going to town, in a way that they would overwhelm the city, they couldn't sue everyone through CEQA, and they really couldn't, like, drag their feet on everybody? Like, would it just be open season? Like, if you're the only guy doing it, I think they'd probably make your life hell. But, like, it makes it sound like things go crazy. So, like... I'd be really curious to see, like, what would that look like in practice? Because there's a lot of money if you're going to say, okay, let's start building, you know, 100-story towers everywhere or something.
1: See, I mean, that's something that I think EMB Law should get into. They need to do a test case. You know, I mean, um, if, my, if, if I didn't love my wife, I'd tell them, hey, let's propose a fourplex on our home and have EMB Law sue South Pasadena if they say no. But, you know, I mean, that's really what needs to happen. You know, a test case needs to happen just to get the building permits. And, you know, doesn't mean that someone actually has to build it. But, you know, it needs to be shown, hey, this is legal. That would make it easier. Now, you know, there's actually a good business plan of, hey, buy buy up a bunch of single family homes next to train stations. And over the next 10 years, whenever someone is out of compliance, you have one building model and you build that one building on that one plot of land so you don't have to pay for a new architect, you could probably make a lot of money doing that. Kind of like how Jeff Palmer built a bunch of ugly Italian buildings in downtown LA. If you have one design that fits most lot sizes, you can make a lot of money. But that's, I'm off on a tangent there.
0: Sure. I mean, like when, we, when people are pointing out there's a lot of like private equity, you know, sucking up a lot of parcels you know they can probably you know who they
1: they have the blackstone could make a mint yeah they had 10 designs sure and they're just like you know you know we've proposed these 10 designs in each city and they're fighting one lawsuit per city you know they could end up with a whole bunch of nice five-story towers across the single family homes across
0: but. Yeah, it's called doing stuff at scale but uh, yeah so uh, okay so we're cycling back Start into this back. uh yeah, so it's two thousand units divvied up you know i think it's like you know 540 market rate or something 300 you know at the first subsidized level i mean you know three
1: i mean so it's, it's basically a thousand low income a thousand not that's yeah. basically a simple way to say it.
0: exactly and, and they're kind of like you know a bunch of different tranches but yeah it's about a third 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 and uh you know it's it's interesting the housing element you have to kind of uh talk about like what the, there's made, there's basically as i see four different places they come from one is vacant lots that are already ready to go one are vacant lots that have that need to be rezoned and then one is non-vacant lots that uh you know that need to be rezoned and uh and then fourth is uh ADUs. so it yes. sounds like at like South Pasadena, it's mostly ADUs taking up a ton of it. And then like like I think the lion's share is places that already have buildings that they're saying this is going to be redeveloped. Um, so why don't you just get more into the details there?
1: So um, because of the fact I was able to get the uh, policy director of um, – of hcd to stated on a webinar that uh that's not allowed they're down to 277 claimed adus oh
0: wow so they started a thousand and you're you're like it's now down to that much
1: oh yes it's about to get better too so Uh, um they produced one in 2017 four in 2018 12 in 2019 14 in 2020 and i think they're on track for like 16 to 18 of 2021 somewhere around there, building permits. So um, according to the law and HCD guidelines, they're allowed to claim 80, 80 to 85 ADUs. That's the number they're allowed to claim. They are about to turn in a housing element. They turned in a housing element that said their goal claim, 277. And they basically said, look at this upward trajectory. That's going to keep going for five years, and then we'll be producing 45 it's kind of like, okay, I have a two-year-old kid. He was one and a half foot uh, at one years old. He's three feet now, so he's going to be four and a half feet at three feet, six feet at four years old. And, you know, by the time he's eight years old, he will be 12 feet. I believe that's it. That's basically how they're calculating ADUs. So because those got shut down, PlaceWorks has had to become figure out other places to lie in the South Pasadena housing on now, we don't have many vacant plots of lands. We have uh, two vacant plots of lands that fit the criteria. Everything else is non-vacant that needs to be rezoned. Uh, one, one vacant that needs to be rezoned, one that doesn't. So, two vacants. Everything else is non-vacant that needs to be rezoned. And all most of these properties are actually active businesses. Sure. And um, so, we have a 45-foot height limit that was enacted in 1983, at the same time that we were worried about Orientals moving into our, our city, um, so 40-year-old height limit. Yeah. Um, these things ha- limit the capacity of what you could do on these, on these uh, sites. And so South Pasadena has basically proposed a whole bunch of sites that the owners do, of the sites, some of them probably don't know that they're being proposed for housing. And, you know, if the owner says, oh, yes, I could build something on the parking lot, South Pasadena turns in a a proposal saying, yeah, they're going to tear down the entire thing and build it out to maximal density. So PlaceWorks has gotten very creative about creative, meaning they're lying about what's they're doing illegal stuff in their claims of the capacity that could be built on these units, on these sites. Yeah. One of the, one of the laws was that you have to prove that the current use will be discontinued. We have uh, a Vons shopping center, which is, uh, which they, which South Pasadena asked, hey, can we put you on the housing element? I I PRA'd this, uh, so this is how I know. They asked, can we put you on the housing element? And the owner said, well, we are just about to enter a contract for another uh, market for another operator Um, and replace bonds you know we don't have plans to build housing now but i will contact you in the future and so that's that's what the email says and south pasadena says okay this is 200 housing units over the next eight years even though legally they have to show that the bonds use will discontinue the fact we're signing a new contract with a new grocery store you know that pretty much proves it won't discontinue
0: it's very funny. Like, you, uh, you you posted this 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 letter and like it it like seems like it's like well it seems unlikely but like okay it's you know uh, keep me on the list it's possible all things are possible and then you, effectively the city is saying one hundred percent likelihood this is going to be housing within the next eight years.
1: Yeah, and then there's like and this a, is a place they the s- they
0: develop this like you said they they dropped two million dollars redevelop me developing. Oh it. no no
1: that's actually that's actually across the street. Oh okay. We have Vons, that's, that's the other and supermarket. Then you cr- then you cross the street, you can cross pavilions, and they have plans which were just approved for a $2 million redevelopment with like a giant mural completely renovating the interior and exterior of the building. And, you know, these are, that's about 400 of the 2,000 uh, units that they have. You know, there's a business park which just, which, just had two le- leasings and it lists itself as a well-managed business park in the loop net listings. And it's a nice place. And that is uh, 300 units for South Pasadena. And there's no reply from that. owner. then we have a routes which is a busy Rouse, nice routes newish building, no reply from the owner. That's 200 units. So, I mean, these are all places that South Pasadena uh, that will never realistically become housing that South Pasadena is saying will become housing.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, like, and just to go like back, like, just like, you know, like top-level picture, how should this work? Because, like, effectively, just take it as a mandate from God that you have to basically, like, housing is going to grow. The community needs to determine where. And, I mean, honestly, given the presence of, you know, nimbyism, just general, like, material interests and so on how would they plan it? And like, if this was done in good faith, it would probably be like gentle densification of the single family zone areas or if they don't, like serious arterial development. That's basically kind of their choice, right? If you're doing it
1: in good Yeah, faith. so I mean, the, how, it sh- how it should happen in theory is South Pasadena should talk to the business owners and say, hey, what would it take for us to uh, convince you to build housing? If we gave you two more floors of two more floors than currently allowed. You know, if we, uh, if we waived permit fees, you know, South Pasadena should change the zoning to make it so that the bonds and the pavilions would want to build a grocery store on the ground floor with apartments on top. Yeah. That's what South Pasadena needs to do. Now with a 45 foot height limit, grocery stores need to have about a twenty first floor. You know, you're not going to build a grocery store with two floors on top you know, and,
0: um, certainly not in the strip mall kind of, you know, way. If this
1: is, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, so, you know, that in the, you know, that's how it's supposed to work. Sure. So, so, um, all these things started making me look at other housing elements because, uh, when South Pasadena started talking about those ADUs, they said, yeah, we, it was allowed in, in Saint, Santa Barbara. So I'm going to shift on from South Pasadena since it's, is kind of different than a lot of places. So South, um, South PlaceWorks actually said, yes, we were allowed to do these ADUs in San Luis Obispo, uh, in um, San Luis Obispo County, in Grover Beach, and in Morro Bay. I looked at Morro Bay and Grover Beach. Those both followed the law. They were the numbers that you were allowed to do. San- Santa San Luis Obispo County, had this wildly inflated adu number that was completely based on a calculation that was not allowed by hcd you know it was like you take all the adus produced after 2019 and multiply it by five and that that was their number yeah i mean i I
0: saw i saw you post it makes sense because like it like the, the 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 if you are t- like we, we've had a bunch of ADU legalization in the last couple of years. So it makes sense that yeah. like their thing is if you, if you take five times a factor of what used to happen, that's valid, which like, okay, I guess yeah. I kind of get that. And they took five times after the change and said, okay, we'll do yes. this instead, <laughs> which is okay. Like, yes. Okay. You can't, yeah, that doesn't seem to make sense, but okay. And HCD
1: had actually approved that. That's insane. And it was insane to me. I'm like, you know how because I had actually talked to HCD about ADs before. It's like, oh, don't worry, we're going to be on top of this. And then I find out, oh, they approved this, and I'm like, what the? F-? I'm not to cuss because I'm not sure you have the beep ability. And so, um, so I I um, I started tweeting about it nonstop. And you know, I had them ask Jason. I filed a bunch of PRAs, and the PRAs actually had the director of um, director reach out to Sony and say, who is this Josh? Why are they doing this? It turns out HCD had not even looked at that part of the housing element. They had no idea that San Luis Obispo was claiming that. And it just blew my mind that, okay, this is one of the most major points of the things. And you guys didn't even look at
0: it. It's, it's pretty crazy. I, I could understand, like, if every city was trying to do this and they're overextended and they're trying to, like, with, you know, spit and gum, put this together, yeah, I can imagine they're going to make mistakes. But, like, you hire a place to keep you legal, basically, and the people who are making you legal are just blatantly doing things which are, like, I think just, like, on a very quick inspection, clearly running afoul of the statutes, which is like, yeah. of all the people to break the law, this is like, how is this happening? And then on top of it, like, okay, like if there is this organization with a record of of cutting corners, like, shouldn't HCD kind of be ready for this?
1: And yeah, so yeah, so I mean, ADUs is a simple thing to check. One time, our city attorney uh, said something. He said he was on a planning commission somewhere else. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to listen to their planning commission. So I listened to their planning commission. And I'm like. Oh, this is hilarious! They're following none of the rules. They're in for a shock. Then at the third planning commissioner, someone gets on and says, "Yes, I've handled these cities in in San Diego." HCD says, "All this is totally okay." I'm like, "What is this?" You know, I just listened to four hours of them proposing all kinds of illegal things, and then a planning consultant comes on and says, "Yes, I do do this in San Diego." HCD said this is all good, so I start looking into all the cities that that planning consultant done. That planning consultant is Veronica Tam and associates works in Pasadena. And I looked at La Mesa. I looked at Imperial beach and it turned out those housing elements were completely illegal. Imperial beach said that all their low income housing was single family homes and small like machine shops that are outlawed by the law. You have to be greater than 0.5 acres. Yeah. And They just said, okay, these three blocks are low-income housing. And I'm like, this single-family home was built five years ago, and it's supposed to be four low-income units? This is the exact kind of thing that 1397 was was built for. But the thing that really pissed me off is La Mesa has their mall, and they are saying their mall will turn into 1,600 low-income units. It's like one-third of their total their total RHNA sure. is claimed on this mall. Now, this mall is about to undergo a major renovation, but they're not tearing down the mall to build housing on it. And it, these cities had already approved preliminary okay from HCD. And I'm like, did anybody even look at this? It's, I mean, so that's, okay, you kind of like
0: look at it and like you start off saying, okay, you're looking at PlaceWorks doing this and you realize there is a pattern of, you know, failure. PlaceWorks, it's not just, you know, South Pasadena. They do work on this cycle with San Luis Obispo, with Redondo Beach, Royal Grande, Oxnard. They're starting with San Mateo. People are saying they're starting contracts with Emeryville. I'm looking at, you go to this place, select client list, and it is hundreds and hundreds of uh, jurisdictions. Uh, that yeah. PlaceWorks alone has worked on uh, this includes palo alto menlo park richmond pasadena yeah i'm just like you just read the whole thing plus counties and so on so like it, it seems like yeah okay they scaled up the, this place who's doing this this illegal corrupt job is you know it is at scale and you said there's other ones that are doing basically Catherine the same Tam and thing. associates yeah. is
1: about three to four times as big as PlaceWorks. that's insane wow and so, you know, they're doing a ton of cities like Long Beach, Culver City, Glendora, uh, Rosemead, you know, I think they're probably doing about a third to, to 40% of all cities out there. And they were the ones that produced these housing elements that were, you know, there were, that were doing the exact thing that 1397 outlawed and HCD were, was approving the San Diego versions.
0: Okay, so they did San Diego because that's like one of the like one of the most egregious ones. Uh, they did not do San Diego. Oh, okay, never mind. Okay, you know who did? S- San Diego. San
1: Diego did San Diego.
0: Really? They okay. did it in
1: house. Yeah. Okay.
0: Well, so you can't you can't only point the trigger. Were they were they the ones? I feel like you talk about just the most unlikely just obviously bad faith ones were they the ones who did a military graveyard and said we'll develop this in houses that was san diego
1: yeah so S- san diego and veronica tam they just do a random sort they do a, a search feature uh, uh in order to find their sites not based on whether that's probable it's like okay show me buildings that are over 40 years and that has a land value ratio of this, and then that just goes straight into their housing element. They don't look at it all. Sure. And so that's how you get cemeteries. And Veronica Tam had a uh, a side of the Bologna Creek as housing. You know, it's it's so you have errors like that. So you can see they actually never actually looked at these things. Sure. You know
0: And I, I suppose that goes to the the question I was saying earlier. A B thirteen ninety seven is that you have to look at like probabilities realistically but how do you quantify it? Because you're saying that, like, they don't contact the owner and they say, okay, this is going to happen, it's Like or the owner says, oh, maybe, kind of, and then they get 100%. Like, it sounds like it, there isn't really any sort of formal system, and, like, the answers they give don't really seem to comply with common sense at all.
1: So, HCD has decided they are not going to be in charge of enforcing this part of the thing. Okay. They. Um, In every one of their letters, they said, if you are over 50%, you have to have your city council do a resolution upon adoption saying that there is substantial evidence that the current uses will be discontinued. HCD is not checking. Hmm. They're checking everything else that's required by 1397, but they just said, we are not going to check this. Interesting. And, you know, don't get me wrong, if I come in with a public comment and, you know, point out a blatant example – HCD will look at it, but if it's like Rosemead or a city where there's not someone who's actually on the ground pointing out the 50 million examples, you know, nothing, HCD won't do anything about it. So, I mean, South Pasadena is unlucky I live here because I know every single site well, but you know, if there's a random city like Lindora, you know, HCD doesn't look at these sites. When I, I, I reported La Mesa and Imperial Beach to HCD, the second I saw them, And this was after they had done their draft but before they did their final after that time imperial beach and a bunch of other uh san diego cities got completely approved and hcc said we looked at imperial beach we thought it was fine they started sending out approval letters and one of them was for vista a city i hadn't looked at before so i'm like okay here's the approval letter let me look at their their site Vista said it's its um, City Hall and Main Library is going to be low-income housing. Vista took entire blocks of single-family homes and said, this is our low-income housing. I cannot find a legally compliant site in the city of Vista. Like, not a single one of their, of, you know, don't get me wrong, I didn't look at them all, but no, I could not find a single one. And, I, and, I'm intro- and I'm
0: guessing, like, the amount of slack. Like, for example, when, like, when South Pasadena needs to get 2,067, how many, like how much did they, how much buffer do they have? Like how, how much, what was your total number of zone capacity?
1: So um they, we actually did that. Uh, we had a zone, capa- so our downtown and general plan said that we could build 500 units over the next 20 years. Okay. So we had, according to what Placeworks thought three years ago, we have a zone capacity of 500 units. Okay, but so, add on the 80s of 80, so we, you know, with no zoning changes, we have 580. Okay, so,
0: but, but, like, with the changes, do you just scrape by with just over the target?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. well, I mean, with the with what they have, yes, we have about an extra 150 units with what they have down on paper. Now it's never going to happen. But okay,
0: yeah. so an extra five percent, because I people are saying, and this, I mean, this matches common sense. If you look at what happened last cycle you know maybe things will be different this time but if you look at what happened last cycle if you start out with a zone capacity of x i think uh, generally across the board people have tended to build 8 to 10% of that at least a few different places yes. like san francisco or whatever so based upon that if you build 8% of your zone capacity okay it kind of says like you should have 90% of that being buffer or whatever so like if you need 2000 uh, you know zone capacity if you 20000 Instead of the 2000 you're delivering,
1: if you actually follow the law, yes, that's, that is what it should be. Yeah. So, I mean, South Pasadena increased their density in a lot of places. So it went from 30, 30 units per acre to up to 70 in some places. But I mean, that's probably not even feasible based on the constraints on the different sites. But yeah, that's like the only change that's going to happen in South Pasadena currently.
0: So, okay so like so basically across the board we're looking at how is this being like you know what kind of infill they're looking at and it re- really it's all sorts of fake infill there's a few like the, yes. the vacant the vacancies which are you know a couple hundred these are like you know, like you've you've had threads of this these are like like some sort of like curving street has a little bit of like land that's like stuck in this like this corner, it's like, oh yeah, they're gonna build, they're gonna build housing there. It's like, it, yeah, just or or like it'll be the top of this impassable ridge with no roads. It's like, okay, we'll just <laughs> load this up with single family homes or whatever.
1: So yeah, in part because of my tweets, uh, South Pasadena got rid of most of those worst ones. Oh nice! They still have an entire mountainside with no roads that is going to be 150 units in the southwest corner of the of the city. In, and in the same housing element, it cites that exact space as um, one of the places they're preserving the open space in South Pasadena. So,
0: okay. So, and, and then the last thing is like ADUs, which is, you know, I mean, we'll see what rates has happened. I and mean, that's a low hanging fruit. I mean, honestly, if people want yeah. to, if people want to like just do the least they can do, like that's, that is a low hanging fruit, but we'll, we'll see what actually happens but uh i think i think we kind of talked about kind of nuts and bolts of like what this housing element is and like why it's kind of kind of screwy kind of fraudulent but uh anything else I I, i kind of want to get to the overall questions of like what is happening here with this with this contractorization why is it like rise to level of something which is seems to be like you know downright corrupt uh, but uh,
1: uh, that's—I think we've covered South Pasadena. And, sure enough,
0: you know, sure. And but the thing is, this is going on everywhere. So I think well, when yeah. you see a San Mateo, his hired place works. I, there's a high probability these same hijinks are going to happen. You know, so, Oh yeah. So uh yeah. good thing we have like, you know, if check out your check out your city. This is a fun fun way to look at your housing inventory to see what kind of hijinks are going on. Uh and, and just like uh, tell me well what's it like to I mean you you're posting tweets about it, but like uh formally like are you just writing city council, or you're writing H C D? Like well when you're formally making complaints that were listened to, uh what's the most effective way to do stuff?
1: So um South Pasadena and Placeworks uh will just lie about whatever I write. You know, I'll write them a letter, and they will change their presentation to try to say that uh, you know he's lying; he doesn't know what he's talking about. So I've given up there. Um, you can write comments to uh, HCD, and HCD actually listens to comments. Um, I mean, they don't enforce cities to follow the laws, otherwise, but you know they'll listen to the comments of saying, "Hey, this Ralph's is un- is undergoing a renovation." They'll listen to that. Um, those are the main ways that I've actually gotten mm-hmm. traction. You know when, you know by by my writing letters to HCD before that informal meeting that South Pasadena had with HCD, it vastly changed that informal meeting.
0: And and, and um, who do you target HCD? Well, what's
1: what's the destination? Um, it's housing elements um, at acd.ca.gov. Okay, um, and you know you just write South Pasadena public comment. And I, I've written whenever I read a housing element, I always write a. Letters. So i have probably written about fifty to sixty letters to HCD nice. about the housing elements. Um, just like whenever I see something, I pull up my Gmail and start typing. Um, but that is the main way that you could actually get something done because the cities don't care. They're not going to change a single thing based on uh, your comments because they don't want to build housing. They're you know, if you can find a way to make help them lie, they will incorporate that right away. But if you're like, yeah, this is a lie, they don't care.
0: Sure. So, okay. So I'm taking, I guess, a step up here. PlaceWorks is hired by cities. You know, you could say that like the best faith reading would be, oh, because cities are over capacity. They just need someone to help them out. But I, I think clearly you can look at this. They are working for their clients, which is to say they are trying to make sure that NIMBY jurisdictions do as little as possible in order to actually yeah. to build anything.
1: So, I mean, this entire thing is, is, in a way, a scam. So SB2, so when all these housing element laws were passed, SB2 was also passed, which gave grants to the cities to do their housing elements. South Pasadena got 150000 they Now, they're, the cities don't know how to do housing elements. You know, this is something that happens once every eight years, and they don't have people who were here eight years ago, and it's too hard to actually learn how to do it, so they hire these consultants. Now, one thing I heard from a random uh, city council meeting is I listened to the meeting of Pasadena when they announced who they hired and they said, we got one bid and we called every other firm asking for other bids. And they all said, and what we found out is that the planning companies had, the consultants all had a meeting and they divvied up the cities before the bids so that each planning, uh, each consultant Bid on one city, and you know, it's, and it made sense to me because I heard South Pasadena complain about the same thing. They're like, "We had one bid, you know. We expected to cost one hundred fifty thousand. We are shocked that it costs two hundred sixty-seven thousand. We have to move one hundred seventeen thousand from our general funds to pay for this." I listened to about four meetings where the the city said the exact same thing. But Pasadena was the only city that actually went out there and listened to it, and you could. Like what? It was their planning director who said. It's like, you know, we contacted HCD, we contacted all these things, and that, and all these planning consultants said, yeah, you know, we can't bid on this because someone else bid. And, you know, it's such an organized racket that basically all of this money from SB two is going, plus the extra money that this racketing is getting out of the city. All this money is going to these consultants to create illegal housing elements. It's like
0: very five families, you know, going on
1: here. That's do you want to hear something amazing? You will never, you will never believe who's in charge of distributing the SB two grants. Uh,
0: I think I do know, but why don't you tell us? Placeworks. Yeah, it's okay. There you go.
1: The government hired Placeworks to distribute all this money. <laughs> so, okay, so like that's okay. So that's the thing. HCD hired Placeworks to distribute all this money.
0: What would you like distribute? Okay, so like I guess the thing. Okay, so. South Pasadena Hire Place Works Place Works gets a total, like a total take of two hundred sixty-seven thousand dollars from your city. Yes. And as you said, one hundred fifty thousand is from SB two funds, and the rest the city paid. So yes. And the SB two funds, uh, this was you know as you said a recent bill it was the Building Homes and Jobs Act, uh, and this is more or less a big fund paid through through real estate transfers or something rather and it's you know kind of it gets filled you know somehow and more or less 250 million dollars of funds end up in this pot yearly as i understand
1: yeah yeah that's my understanding
0: too and i don't know what other ends this goes to but as you say one of the ends is when a city is you know like i guess they could get it if they do in house but just in you know, general for doing housing elements which you know from my perspective is just like their job. <laughs> like I don't know why you're giving them money to do something which is just a task of being a city, but they're getting this this state money, and more or less they are taking this money and then using it to pay
1: contractors to do fraudulent job. Yes. That, that's basically what's happening, and the thing is, these contractors have been doing these housing elements for years. There's not many people who do that. PlaceWorks, you know, you go back and they're like, this is what we did in the fourth cycle. Veronica Tam, she is like I heard this mentioned in one of the city council meetings, Veronica Tam is known as the housing element queen. That is the um, one of the things. And the problem is all of these people have long-term relationships with the people who approve the housing elements at HCD. Like Paul McDougall has known Veronica Tam for 20 years. They have worked with these housing elements for decades where Veronica turns in, Paul approves it. You know, yeah. and it's, you know, those relationships apparently are more important than following the law.
0: Yeah, I mean, there should be, if this is working at all, cause I mean, like talk about like, like very, very high level. What are we doing here? We are doing basically non-market efforts to create the housing we need. Uh, and that's, you know, it's a difficult job at best. You know, you look at Soviet Goss plan, you look at stuff. It It, it takes a lot of work to do that right. But more or less, I think you want to see internal oversight that makes sure that, you know, uh, there's checks and balances. There's, there's something going on to make sure that everything is actually coherent. And when you see all the bureaucrats scratching each other's backs and making sure they're rich, that's extremely worrisome. Because I think all the way down, you say from the top levels of HCD to the consulting class which is within HCD's dispersing funds to themselves to the local cities which are pleasing their homeowner class by hiring these consultants to do a fraudulent job like it is just money being churned around and people are getting rich by doing nothing it's really extremely it's something
1: yeah and what pisses me off is there's people like Jason Elliott who said you know we are going to enforce these laws you know I am tweeting them I've sent them DMs outlining these you know these, this is how they're breaking the law. He's you know? a gov-
0: uh, Governor Gavin Newsom's uh, cons- council? council?
1: He is the main contact between Gavin Newsom and HCD. Okay. And, you know, I mean, I, I've sent these things to Gustavo and Jason Elliott. Gustavo and, is the director and, you know, of HCD? Yes. They know how these cities are cheating. And I just don't think they care. You know, they they go out and say, but, you know, they're not actually doing anything about it and you know the few times the one time I talked to Jason Elliott talked about the San Luis Fiscal when he was directly uh given a question about it, he he basically said I had, I had I didn't know what I was talking about so you know
0: and I, I would say like I don't like if there's one thing that seems the least bit surprising it is that like these bills to improve stuff like got through I guess you can look at everything from SB35, uh, uh, an amazing bill, you know, the AB-1398, the H-1397, uh, you know, the improvements to HAA. But, like, it's... I mean, I'll say this. Uh, Jerry Brown, for being imperfect, he certainly seems, like, less directly corrupt than Gavin, uh, that I could actually trust him. Like, Gavin just vetoed, basically, an HCD data bill or something this last cycle, right? That was, like, just trying to...
1: Yeah, which HCD, com- uh, HCD actually... Uh- campaigned against that
0: well, you know they, they said
1: we shouldn't be collecting this data yeah people are gonna be know, lazy so. I, I,
0: I believe it but like it's it's kind of incredible that like i mean like people like tony atkins are like i guess championing these bills and they're good bills but like now they're not being enforced uh which is extremely yeah. bleak
1: now it, it is extremely bleak that the bills are not being enforced now all that being said there are a lot of good housing bills that people just don't know about that are passing you know, I mean, this AB 1398, uh, which changed the penalties, there is almost no votes against it. And it's just amazing how much to see the cities freak out about it at the very end. It's like, oh, my God, we now have to rezone. This was totally unexpected. You know, there's um, AB 215 that allows people to sue over the housing illness. You know, there are some good low level bills that are passing that people don't know about because all they're looking at is SB 9 and SB 10. You know, there's. So, you know, there are more enforcement and housing bills that are coming. So, you know, I mean, I, I do give credit. For, well, I don't know who to give credit to. But, you know, I mean, the state legislators is doing stuff.
0: Yeah. Maybe not
1: to the level I want, but they're doing stuff. And, you know, I guess the thing ASCG is just says we're not doing it. If you, if if not you do, enforcing it. if you do dozens
0: of bills every year, good stuff's going to get through or something. Even if you have a high attrition yeah. rate. So
1: yeah like okay I'm, I mean I think we should do SB50 every year and then 50 little guys and you know if we get 45 through you know but that's my if I was in charge of California mbn had an unlimited budget Yeah as as we'd have an SB50 SB51 SB52 SB53
0: as the great Dennis yeah. Richards says uh like uh, they're carpet bombing us Yeah Yeah it's like and if yeah. if 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 they're getting carpet bombed I I love the fact that you see know, oh the 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 uh, the the murder of civilians in war is how he says like just having bills happen to him. But yeah, good. You know, like it's like the more the merrier as far as like you, you need to saturate bomb these people to get any any of stuff through. But uh, yeah, I, I suppose that's the question. Like you're seeing this kind of framework. Every like it's certainly the actual administration compliance of of Rena has gone from nothing to something, and it's still a sieve. It's still not working, but it's getting yeah. it's getting better. But I, I suppose the question is like th- there's like multiple like levels of contact to how you can take action. One is engage in the housing element system. And that's, you know, what you are doing. Uh, other ways people can engage is, you know, basically continue to improve rena at the state legislative level. Uh, and I and I suppose there's like third ways which are people are even kind of speculating that you could perhaps breaking case of glass, use HHA to like, you know, perhaps challenge this in courts, even after this all happens. But uh, is there any other kind of, you know, forms of action before we get into that
1: Uh, tweet at Jason Elliott? Sure. You know, I mean, tweet at Jason Elliott and Gustavo, you know, I mean, a lot of what I've done and a lot of the changes have been made has been based on my tweeting at them.
0: Not, you know, I mean,
1: let, let Jason Elliott know that he promised he was going to enforce the law. He's promised it twice. And, you know, every time that you see something where, hey, the city blatantly got away with something, tweet at them.
0: That's interesting. I feel like the the higher people go in office, the less they really respond or listen to tweets. But, I mean, I suppose stuff always gets through.
1: Yeah, I mean, I have more followers than Gustavo. Well, (laughs) sorry, my Charger Twitter account has more followers than Gustavo, not my normal one.
0: Nice, nice.
1: and so to get
0: back to that last thing this is uh the previously aforementioned chris elmendorf has speculated that when hcd says this is a technically compliant housing element which as you yeah. said like they are not commenting on the probabilities being legitimate that, that they're booting on that they're punting on it uh which like he is saying that okay by the definition of haa if you go to the courts and say this is in reality, noncompliant, because like in like in practice, this does not actually work. It doesn't matter if you rubber stamped it. They said like that's a political question. They don't say it's they don't say it works. They just say it like we're rubber stamping it like you can make the case that even though like it rubber stamps, you know, San Diego, San Luis Obispo, etc., that it is still in a larger sense, non-compliant. And there's a chance the courts will back that up. And if that's the case, as we said, it's basically multi-ball mode or whatever. It's like crazy bonus, like everyone goes crazy, which is like, huh, I wonder if anyone's going to try that.
1: You know, I mean, the problem is the law was uh, specifically vague. Sure. Like, I keep citing the 0.5 acres, but the last line says, or other evidence presented to HCD. Mm -hmm. So because... Like, that was meant to be a hey, there might be an exception, uh, a specific uh, circumstance. Like, say, Habitat for Humanity loves Imperial Beach and going to build a whole bunch of single family homes for low income people on single family lots. You know, that was what that was put in there for. But HCD is approving most low income lots under this category. So, you know, I mean, th- I'm not a lawyer, but. I believe that my reading of the law says that if HCD says it's okay, then legally it's okay. You know, that's my reading of
0: it. I Um, I tend to say like, that sounds coherent, but you know, Chris Elmendorf has a dissenting. He's a
1: law degree. Yes, exactly. So, you (laughs) know, I'm a doctor. I'm not called Dunner Kruger. If I was to choose a lawsuit, I would sue the cities over their substantial, their uh, resolution saying there's substantial evidence that these uses will discontinue in the next eight years. So take South Pasadena. They're going to have to pass a resolution that says there is substantial evidence that bonds and pavilions will be discontinued in the next eight years. HCD is not making a statement on that. Sure. You could sue that, and it is a blatantly blatant lie and that is an easy thing especially with the evidence that south pasadena has that's an easy thing to actually prove that hey there's not substantial evidence to uh these sites and that would be the easy way for me if i was a lawyer and not a doctor and all that and that's how i would attack it
0: yeah but. and as we said like they have to show like it's 95 percent likely in the next eight years basically to match their numbers yeah which is yeah which is that's yeah. a pretty high
1: percentage. Yep. Yeah. That uh, that is their numbers actually. Yeah. 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 So, so I we've been we've
0: not more than an hour here. Uh, so I yeah I think I think we've kind of covered what I want to cover. Uh, any other any other notes on what, what what you've been seeing this whole this whole? Um,
1: the only thing I'd really say is you know if you have an interest in this you need to get involved in it now and you need to put whoever has whatever levers can be pushed to make HCD. Make these cities comply, and it's happened now. Over the next two months, three months, HCD is going to review and approve so many Los Angeles area things. You know, you t- look at San Diego. Okay, they they did four million total uh, population. They're about to do twenty approve twenty million people's worth of housing elements over the next two months. Sure. And if 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 they're like, oh, let's wait and see what happens. It's too late. You know, you've lost SCAG for uh, eight years as far as Reno is concerned. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I was listening to a meeting recently and I'm of someone who wanted to take a, hey, let's wait until we get Beverly Hills or Santa Monica approved or disapproved before we really go after ACD. I'm like, you know, by the time you get that, you, it doesn't matter. You know, it's too
0: late. So yeah, I also you know it's it's you know you're on the front lines. Uh, you know, the Bay Area. We we have a little bit more time to regroup and uh, get our act together. But like, yeah, it's yeah, Skag, The door is closing. So good luck
1: down there. And in- yeah, I'm just happy that the San Francisco Chronicle is writing about it. I mean, apparently they read my tweets, um, which is kind of funny. Um, <laughs> but you know, I mean, I feel like those editorials and that article has done the best possible thing, because I complained massively about La Mesa and HCD released a letter, which pretty much, you know, tracked a lot of what I said about the La Mesa housing. Element. So it got rejected um, and they have to do a lot of things. So, you know, it's possible that, you know, things have changed in HCD, but, you know, we can't wait to find out. We need to keep the pressure up on them. They are the, the planning consultants in the cities are going to do whatever they can to, not produce housing, but HCD is the people who, you know, 100% of the energy needs to be focused on. Uh, We've
0: talked a lot about setting percentages, predictions. Uh, How would you rate your prediction of whether HCD will accept or reject South Pasadena's housing
1: element? So um, the things they have accepted in other places, South Pasadena can't claim. So like we don't have small sites that we're claiming um, for low income, we have unrealistic sites that we're claiming. And because of the fact that I live here and I sent in 25 pages with extensive documents, you know, South Pasadena is probably not going to be accepted. Um, and also I don't think that HCD would want to piss me off.
0: Uh, uh, probably give me a number. I need a, I need a percentage here.
1: Oh, oh uh, I think South Pasadena's 20%. I think oh. places like Culver City, Rosemead, Glendora, places that are cheating as bad as Imperial Beach, you know, I, I give them an 80% chance of being um, accepted based on the current HCD. Sure. So,
0: so we have to look at the long tail of how these places are going to, you know, grow more people like you who will be a flying awaitment uh, while this goes yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah, and so yeah, yeah. Well, thanks, thanks I mean, thanks again for for uh, the rundown and everything, and uh, for being uh, basically you know on the front lines of of, <laughs> of digging into this whole crazy system. Oh, happy to, happy to help out. Cool. Well, you can find you on uh, on Twitter and see see everything you're up to. But uh, yeah, uh, thanks, thanks once more. It's, it's been fun. Yeah,
1: that was good.
0: good. We have been talking to Josh Albertson all about. Housing elements, place works, HCD corruption, and much, much more. You can listen to this whole episode and all episodes of this program at the website seethecat.org. This is a presentation of Casey Stanford.